From CBX Studios in New York City, you're listening to Straight Talk. Nothing crooked here, just conversations that aim to cut through the BS of branding and get to the heart of culture and commerce. Here's your host, Dustin Longstreth. Hello, and welcome to Straight Talk, the only podcast dedicated to provoking discussion with brand and design leaders about topics at the intersection of culture and commerce. I am your host, Dustin Longstreth, and today I am joined by my colleague, Christina Papali, VP of Strategy here at CBX, and and we're going to talk a little bit about plant-based branding. Christina, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. You know, you you have had a career of identifying um, those trends that are just around the corner. Uh, and as you said, more than just the trend, how do we begin to apply that, uh, harness that, channel that in a way uh, that can be a value to specific brands so that you're conscious and proactive uh, about doing that? And, and you, have a, you have a new blog piece out right now, Plant-Based Brands. Or their own animal. Love, love, love oh, the title. <laughs> um, talk to us about that because we're, we're at a, you know, I'll do a little setup, right? I mean, you've identified, um, uh, you're not the only one to identify this, but plant-based uh, products are, are clearly exploding right now. Uh, and we're seeing a lot of transition. But it's interesting to look back. Totally. At where it was, you know, and the crappy vegetarian options <laughs> right. that we had when we were kids to... Uh, what this world looks like right now. So, so just so, talk to me about what inspired you to put this down and, and uh, your, your thoughts here. So the, the, the inspiration is probably just to see uh, how, how much is being talked about when it comes to plant-based or even the idea that now there's this phrase called plant-based. Right. When it was alternative something uh, right. for many, many years. Right. And the watershed moment that we're experiencing right now is really common in any any marginal category experience or culture that breaks into a mass culture goes mm. goes through some kind of watershed or critical mass and and the and what we're seeing primarily i would say it was it broke with let's say our milks category our plant-based milks category but we're seeing that breakage happen across other categories so whether that's meat-based or alternative meat-based products rather or even some of the the food items that you're seeing in, in, in anything dairy or meat that is the alternative uh, to, sorry, take two, anything you're seeing. Leave it in. Right. <laughs> leave it in. <laughs> um, in the in alternative meat or dairy that is plant-based is, is going through this, uh, what we call watershed. And the, the fascinating thing is that we are hoping and seeing, and we put on our little binoculars to see what the future will tell us, that if it's called plant-based now, then then it's going to be called something else too. Right. And we're just waiting and hoping that brands are going to be at the forefront of pushing it into its own its own animal, its own individual thing um, outside of alternatives. So that's interesting. You know, there's two um, immediate aspects to that. One, as you said, everything, all brands or all communication within this space really had been anchored uh, against a, it was a, it was a it was a vegetarian doppelganger to something understood in the meat world, a veggie burger, a Absolutely. which it needed, a you know, it veggie had to have that sausage, meat. right? Exactly. Because otherwise, we wouldn't understand we wouldn't know what it. it. What it is, right? So now, on on one end of the spectrum, uh, we're we're starting to see an opportunity to say, I don't need to refer to myself as a burger or a sausage or or any of these uh, uh, items, and I certainly don't need to try to uh, imitate 
uh, even a, a flavor or a texture of meat. Um, we can create our own experiences because we have our own uh, category. But interestingly, on the, the flip side of that, um, we're seeing the uh, animal-based uh, marketers pushing back saying you're no longer going to be able to use terms like milk because milk comes from animals and we don't want you to, to use that anymore. So what do you, what are your the, thoughts the, there? Because there, there's a, still a little bit of a need to it. I don't know that people are, um, uh, that new vernacular has yet to be established. It has. And so there's I mean, it has a, been established in the margin for years. So if you think about tofu or tempeh, I mean, there, sure. there are products that have existed in their own way to, right. to be based in plant. Right, uh, and they, but the the widespread adoption has come on the piggybacks of nomenclature or language that we're familiar with. So right. burger, milk, all of those 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 words that help us understand meaning and also usage. Right, you know, how do I use use this thing? Right, um, the the conversation that you're speaking of though around can we legally call this milk? You know, yeah. defining milk. What does milk mean? Does it mean lactation? And and you'll find that by and large, most of the universe of human beings that consume, let's say, uh, plant based milks, which is yep. you know uh, soon to be a three point three billion dollar industry, and it's in ninety yep. percent of homes with dairy milks. Yep, don't understand this conversation. Right. Um, hey, let's just call it milk. Right, M E L K, and and, right. and and call it a day. Right. It, it it's less of the concern at this point because it's been normalized. To be honest, you know, it's interesting when you said, uh, "What what do you use it for?" Because um, I could say just here at work, uh, because we have an assortment of yes, milks, a very varying beverages, almond, of, yes, oat, <laughs> soy, uh, varying percentages of fat in in milk. Um, but I. I cream for coffee, right? I mean, sure. that's the job. I do not want milk or or soy milk or anything that in my coffee. Um, the milk for me really is uh, cereal, cookies. Sure, that's that's it. Um, right. But I will go grab the soy milk. Uh, it's actually more thirst quenching. I, I I find that is just like a like just to have a, a glass of it and, and drink it, and I bet our household would be more likely to have that as an additional beverage Correct. in our refrigerator. It's an incremental if it, beverage. If it testing. weren't yes. in yes. something that looked exactly like a milk carton. You know, because I, I already have milk in my totally. refrigerator. And, and, and would, when we have them in my household, I have kids that are ten and seven, and they 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 don't even think about it as anything but a, an alternative beverage. They don't think right. about it as a milk to right. use just for cereal or right. just for, you know, we're, we're barely a cereal home. Like that's right. how much our, our cultures have shifted into what we even had in the in the cabinets and in the fridge. And right. and from a, you know, my husband drinks a non-dairy creamer. Right. You know, so so now that's plant-based creamers. It oh, used to- Philip. No, Philip, how could he? <laughs> what for? <laughs> but but what's hilarious is it's, the, it's a brand called, and I'll shamelessly plug it, Nut Pods. Nut pods. Nut pods. Like, nut pods. Here we are opening the fridge. You see how right. nut pods, like a right. cute little nut pod. And I'm going to put that in my coffee. And and we, in our dairy worlds, I yep. have a half and half, don't have the advantage of a brand right. to, to shine on us every morning and greet us with a happy little nut, nut pod smile. Right. Because mine's some dairy brand that I probably don't even know what it is and I can't really recall right now. Because it, right. it's interswitched with whatever I got that week. In on sale, this that farmer procure this. So you know, so brands have this tremendous it. opportunity. They do to be much more forceful and powerful right. in this space than than in dairy That's or really, in, in 
non-plant-based alternatives. Nut pod. Not, not quite the oxymoron that nut Pods. bush is. <laughs> um, have you seen? There's there's a store, nut bush. No. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, right. I, exactly. We could have a whole podcast on nut bush. The nut bush. Um, or maybe it's nut box. <laughs> yeah, I know nut box. Nut box. Yeah. Nut bush actually is. It does exist. A transsexual bar, I believe, in okay, Chicago. Okay, nice. uh, but then I saw nut box, and I'm like, that's kind of an oxymoron too. Um, well, so, nut bush makes sense. But, well, right. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't make it sound as bad. But um, so, so that's a. I mean, it's it's a conundrum and an opportunity, yes. right? I mean, I, I actually think that i mean do you think that this is if you're advising uh you know the white waves uh, the the dreams that yes. you know these that that um you know that you needed to it was very clear uh, the need to adopt uh, dairy uh language and, and experience but yes. now is the time like with now a venus like with a uh a ubi cotex totally. to begin to uh, identify and really the the brand that gets out there first to establish a new design language is going to be it's going to uh, be the winner. It's going to totally. be a breakthrough. It's going to have opportunity for growth. So you know, there's still there's still brands that are hitting the shelves that we see that are closer in on a functional level in terms of how they're positioned or what their nomenclature is. Yeah. Oatly's one. Yeah. You know, it's basically saying we're made of oats. Yeah. Uh, but it feels conflicting as that brand tries to go. Yeah. And and really be more than just an oat based product. So yeah. you're stuck into that nomenclature ingredient right? like it's exactly just, yeah. it's just that yes um which and you know we have obviously a verbal specialist here that will tell us we know that the more descriptive the harder it is to trademark but right it's also harder to grow uh, right when you can have a name like dream right and grow and grow and grow because it's a beautiful feeling and an idea and suddenly your story has an immense opportunity right Right. And, that, and that's really the recommendation as well. Yes. Descriptors to help explain. That's yes. one, you know, milk or plant-based milk or almond milk or soy milk or yes. anything, veggie burger. Sure. That will start to go away, we predict too, as well as just brands standing for new products we don't even know exist yet. Right. Right. That are that are simply, you know, not the reformation of a of a category that exists like dumplings or ravioli. Right. But something brand new that plant brands have completely uh, invented. I think vaping's another interesting yeah, exactly. one, which is another it's category industry. that you 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 worked on. Yeah. And, and the the mistake by many early on um, was to only focus on uh, imitating uh, the cigarette experience, where mm-hmm. they identified. Actually, the the opportunity is um, it wants to be something else. We'll put aside the addictive qualities and the issues here too. But the insight is that um, you know the 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 culture uh, in a generation was was ready Mm -hmm. for something new. Is there anybody out there, brand wise, who you in this plant based space who you think is gets it, uh, and you 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 think uh, I do I think there are a bunch to. of brands that probably get it I would say Califia gets it mm. you know often pronounced Califia right. it's right. Califia California right only because they are beverage based it's but a they, new shape though that doesn't new, look like gorgeous. a milk thing that um, could it's, go a, with... it's a story of just you know nature's goddess and mm-hmm. and it has other products that aren't about alternatives so mm-hmm. there are coffees in there mm. and, and suddenly you're already seeing the growth potential in a, a story like that or or even a brand like Kite Hill which is manifested through some amazing uh, technology to create non-dairy, particularly in what we call the cheese space or or anything, what we call what we what us 
you know, singular people call the cheese space. Um, right. Uh, to create culture taste. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, well, like what yeah. we are here. Exactly. Um, and, and create products that really are close in, but a brand name like Kite Hill really allows for a separation and a cross-category manifestation. Yeah. So super cool things happening there. Right. And right, it offers you a lot of um, a lot of flex, a lot of flexibility going forward, um, uh, and the ability to listen to consumers yes. uh, uh, rather than the need to continue to reinforce your own ingredient story what is the experience that people ultimately and want? the experience that people are looking for is really especially folks that have grown up with soy milk in their fridge right you know, we're talking about millennials that have never seen anything but where this is pretty much normalized and, and even outside of that category it is really about taste <laughs> it's yeah. really about that we, we we believe in doing overall as a culture we do believe in doing better for our planet and for the living things in our planet and then we also believe that we want taste experiences that we haven't experienced before. So right. this is where plant-based really kicks in. It's not an alternative to something we do know. It right. is a new taste of something we don't know. And I that's feel what's like, cool. I feel like that's a that's a that's a that should be a brand and ad idiom if it's not already similar to it's the economy stupid. <laughs> Anybody who's in food and beverage, just remember it's about the taste, stupid. <laughs> I mean, you know, like all of these other things are fine and good, but like exactly, it better taste good. It better right. taste good. That's, Come that's back to it. The, yeah. uh, well, that's awesome. So look for it, folks. Uh, Plant-based brands are their own animal. New blog piece by Christina Papali. You can find it on cbx.com. Uh, I'm sure we will be promoting it on on LinkedIn and all other. Uh, social media as well. Uh, well, this 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 blog will be on iTunes. Um, we hope yeah. uh, this podcast rather. And for all three yeah. of you listening, thank oh, you for very all much. three of you listening here too, Mom. <laughs> how you doing? Hey, Drew. Yeah. Phil. Yeah, that's right. We love you. We love you, folks. It's about the intensity of the love uh, that we like to measure, not not the volume not of listeners. The volume. Uh, before we finish off, though, we are going to do, we're going to go for it, Christina. Oh, lightning no. round. Lightning round. We're going to try to get you to say God. something. Finally, worst client experience you've ever had. Oh, Tell me a story. These are terrible. Well, we got to talk some, you know, you know. Name names. The worst. <laughs> I've had, you know, the worst client experience. And I say this because I. I, I changed it from the worst client because I, I, I didn't really want to get you to say like, to name names. But you can name names. But so, so just the experience. We've all been in these, you know, right. rooms where you're like, and, and what was. The worst. What, the, why was it awful? You know, this is this is a small one, but a but a big one. When I was presenting to a group of clients at un, unsaid beverage company, I had uh, a junior strategist with me who was presenting some sections beautifully with a bomb, and to state his point very clearly, he pulled out of his bag the number one competitive beverage to this company without realizing it. He just was pointing at water and talking about water and the, <laughs> the ripple effect of like everyone digging something to everyone not digging something really quickly over something like that though which had nothing to do with the strategy right. on the wall right it was simply just suddenly this, this, all this, of the facts that you just presented are now no no 101 complete like, lies oops. and oh, our love is poisoned and That's, put the water away can, like it was just yeah power of symbols the power of symbology and the power of of, of a culture of cultural loyalty, right? To, right. And and knowing the the 
the uniform you have to wear in, right. in our industry. Right. And but those are the lessons, aren't they? I mean, like when, when that happens, you are like, uh, there is no better teacher. Than that experience. Well, that when, for you, mistakes. actually, that's quite brilliant because yeah. it, you got to receive that lesson without actually being the asshole <laughs> yes. pulling out the... Oh. Uh, the, the I have thing. been the asshole though many times. Sure. One time I presented to uh, God. I, I worked so hard on uh, a, a cultural deconstruction and presented it to a group of very senior leaders at a company to which the senior most person in the room, the general manager of the business unit and the SVP, said, "Well, what the hell do we need this for?" So that was always a that was a good <laughs> applause for me. <laughs> in that, in that ah, and that's branding, folks. Yep. That's what Daddy does every day. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining Straight Talk. Thank, thank you, you Christina Papali. Thanks for making it happen. Spending time with us today. Yeah. Goodbye, Phil. Goodbye, Mom. <laughs> yeah. Goodbye, Kim. Straight Talk is recorded at CBX Studios in Manhattan. It is produced by Sharif. Malgoza and Ali Arduini.